This afternoon we turn to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. Nineteen through thirty four. This is part of the so called Sermon on the Mount, which our Lord Jesus spoke. Matthew six, verse nineteen. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness! No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So far the reading of God's holy word. We have come to Lord's Day 50 of the Heidelberg Catechism, a Lord's Day in which we continue dealing with the petitions of the Lord's Prayer. Lord's Day 50. The question is, what is the fourth petition? Give us this day our daily bread. That is, provide us with all our bodily needs, so that we may acknowledge that you are the only fountain of all good, and that our care and labor, and also your gifts, cannot do us any good without your blessing. 
Grant, therefore, that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it only in you. So far, our confession. After the sermon, we'll sing Psalm 146, 2 through 4. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have so far dealt with the first three petitions which our Savior taught us when he taught us to pray like this. You'll recall that his disciples had asked the Lord Jesus to teach them how to pray. And our Savior told them to pray like this. And then follow those petitions. Obviously, the Lord Jesus laid out those petitions in a most perfect way. And even the way in which the Lord Jesus laid that out for us teaches us important things. And so it is that we already saw, when dealing with previous Lord's Days, that the flow from the first petition to the second petition to the third petition reveals an inherent structure, a certain development. And now we come to the fourth petition, thereby starting what is often called the second section of the Lord's Prayer, the section which more explicitly focuses on us. First it was, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. God comes first. Always. And now it is, Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts. And lead us not into temptation. And so this afternoon we begin with that second section. Give us this day our daily bread. And that's a wonderful petition, brothers and sisters. Because it teaches us that even something like bread is not too mundane for our God. We confessed in Lord's Day 45 what we are to pray about, and we confess there that we are to pray for all the things we need for body and soul. Body and soul. And now we pray, give us this day our daily bread. So I proclaim God's word to you this afternoon about the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. In focusing on this petition, we'll note three things. First of all, we'll note our purpose. Secondly, our dependence. And thirdly, our sinfulness. Give us this day our daily bread. We'll know three things. First of all, our purpose. Secondly, our dependence. 
And thirdly, our sinfulness. Indeed, brothers and sisters, the Lord Jesus taught us these petitions with a particular structure. And this structure teaches us volumes. So why is it that when the Lord Jesus turned more explicitly to our needs, the Lord Jesus began with this petition about our bread? Why does this come before the petition about our forgiveness? Isn't that crucial? Forgiveness? And what about the petition, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one? We are under attack from the devil, the world, and our own flesh every day. Our three sworn enemies cease not to attack us, but the Lord Jesus did not teach us to pray about that first in this second part of the Lord's Prayer. He taught us to pray first about our daily bread. So how do you explain that? Well, the reason for that is already hinted at in Lord's Day 49. You'll remember from last Sunday, the petition, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a petition about us fulfilling the duties of our office and calling as willingly and faithfully as the angels in heaven. We all have an office, the office of all believers, prophet, priest, and king. We all have a calling, our daily task. And there's overlap between those two in the explanation of what office and calling means. We all have an office and a calling. And as we execute our office and calling, we are to do that according to God's will. We saw that last week. But if we are going to live and function and execute our office and calling, we need to be alive. We need food. We need bread. And so the Lord Jesus in the layout of these petitions, moved from the petition about doing God's will, which is about executing our office and calling, to the petition about our daily bread. In other words, the Christian prays, Father, give me the daily bread that I need so that I may execute my office and calling in your service. That's the context of this petition. And this ties in with our purpose. Our purpose. Why are you alive? What's your purpose in life? Could you tell me that? How do you explain that to an outsider? Why do you exist? Well, the answer is to serve God, to live for God, to work for God. You see, brothers and sisters, 
the fact that this petition comes even before the petition about the forgiveness of our sins takes us right back to the time of creation. Because in the beginning there was no sin. When Adam and Eve were put on the earth, they were given that cultural mandate, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, develop it to God's glory. And before the fall into sin happened, they didn't have to pray for forgiveness. Obviously not. And now the Lord Jesus, by laying out the Lord's Prayer in this way, brings us right back to the time of creation. And he says, first things first. You were created to work for God. You were created to live for God. You were created to execute an office and calling. And in those days, it was not necessary to speak of the example of the angels because Adam and Eve did everything very willingly and very faithfully. But we fell. And God sent his son. And we need forgiveness. But Christ keeps first things first. Because first came creation and then redemption. First that calling to work. And then the need for redemption. But even when we focus on our need for redemption, brothers and sisters, what do we focus on first? Ourselves or God? Why did God send his son into the world? What would you say to somebody if you had to explain that? Why did God send his son into the world? Well, it's not in the first place to save people. It's not in the first place about us, brothers and sisters. It's not in the first place about the forgiveness of our sins. It's in the first place about God. God always comes first. Because the Apostle Paul explains that so beautifully in Ephesians chapter 1. Paul writes there about God having chosen people before the foundation of the world in Christ Jesus. And he speaks there about having redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. But he builds up to a climax. And that climax is in Ephesians 1 verse 12. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. To the praise of his glory. And he repeats that in verse 14. He goes on to speak about the others who heard the gospel of salvation, who believed in Christ And then he ends in verse 14 by saying, to the praise of his glory. It's about God. 
It's about God. What's the purpose of our existence? To serve God. That's why God sent his son into the world. That there might be a people which lives for the praise and glory of his name. And that's why the Lord Jesus first taught us the petition about our daily bread. Even before that petition about the forgiveness of our sins. Because first things come first, brothers and sisters. God's glory comes first. Then our salvation. And so we pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Grant that we may serve you as you created us to serve you in the beginning. Grant that we may serve you as you have redeemed us to serve you through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And grant that we may live and work to the glory of your name. And therefore, give us all things necessary to do that. Give us this day our daily bread. And so we pray. Independence upon God. We ask. We ask. And by the way, brothers and sisters, when the Lord Jesus spoke in Matthew chapter 6 about not being concerned about things, the Lord Jesus ended by saying in Matthew 6 verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So remember, the purpose of your existence is to serve God. And in the material things of life for which you pray to God in this petition, give us this day our daily bread, you are acknowledging that in those things, your first priority ought to be the kingdom of God. The Lord Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And so we pray with that mindset. We ask. And by asking, we express our dependence. We ask. We don't demand. We don't bang on heaven's door with our fist and demand of God to open up and to send us his gifts. We ask. We pray. And we lift up our hands, not with a clenched fist, but extended to heaven, expectantly waiting to be filled. It's a very biblical image. Did you notice it this morning in Psalm 63 when we sang of that after the reading of the law and as an introduction to our prayer? In Psalm 63, the psalmist says, So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. That's a reference to prayer. And in those days, they prayed to God with hands lifted up to God, thereby symbolizing 
the desire for God to fill their lives with his blessing. Apostle Paul uses the same imagery in 1 Timothy 2 when he speaks about men praying with uplifted hands. We wait to be filled. We don't bang on heaven's door with a clenched fist, but we lift up our hands, our open hands, expecting them to be filled. And that's a petition for all of us. Not just the starving in this world, not just the needy in this world, but all of us, even in the midst of our prosperity, because it can all vanish in a moment. And we are dependent upon God's blessing every day. And so we pray, no matter what our status in life, no matter what our standing, no matter what our economic level is, we pray this petition, give us this day our daily bread. We pray. And we do that together. There is a communal element here. Give us this day our daily bread. It's not just me, but it is me in communion with all of God's people throughout the world. Give us this day our daily bread. And that means, brothers and sisters, that implicit in this petition is also the idea that we have an eye for one another in the communion of saints. And we do, don't we? This is why we have the collection in the worship service for the work of the deacons, the ministry of mercy in which we contribute to the needs of the saints, because we all pray, give us this day our daily bread. And that means we have an eye for one another. And we help one another in the communion of saints. We pray this as the body of Christ. And we pray it modestly. Give us this day our daily bread. Our bread, it's the most basic thing that you could pray for. Very simple. It's that which is necessary. Give us this day our daily bread. We live in a world today, brothers and sisters, in which man wants more and more. And man is never satisfied. And we have that in our hearts too. Eve had that in her heart. Eve was tempted with this when the devil held out to her the prospect of charting her own course in life, of getting more and more and better and better. But the Lord Jesus brings us back to the basics. Give us this day our daily bread. And really, if you think of it in that way, brothers and sisters, when we compare ourselves, and it's never good to compare, but when we compare ourselves with the many people in this world who, 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 who will walk miles just for a slice of bread and a water bottle, 
handed out by some relief agency. When we compare ourselves to those people, no matter what our financial standing, as we're gathered here this afternoon, we all have far more than so many in this world. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Timothy 6 verse 8 that if we have food and clothing with these we shall be content. Now of course brothers and sisters that does not mean that you may not strive to get ahead in life but it does mean that you need to have the right priorities. The Lord Jesus taught us to pray for bread. And he taught us to do that Daily, he said, give us this day our daily bread. In other words, he taught us not to worry about the distant future. He taught us to worry about the day itself. And not really to worry, but to focus on the day itself. As we read in Matthew 6, verse 34, read at the end of the words that we read this afternoon, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. That's always a good attitude to take it a day at a time. Let the day's own trouble be sufficient for the day. That's what the Lord taught his people in the desert, too. Every day there was manna. And God taught them an important lesson. He said, now don't save it till the next day. Because I want you to trust that I will be there for you the next day. God was underlining for his people that they could count on him every day. Take it a day at a time. That's also very important when people are recovering from an infirmity of whatever nature. Or when people are trying to overcome certain habits in their lives. Take it a day at a time. One day at a time. And that's how it also is with our daily food. We pray today for today's bread. And God taught his people Israel that in the desert. Now that does not mean, brothers and sisters, that we can cast caution to the wind. And live recklessly. I mean you have to take every passage of scripture. Within the context of the whole Bible. Just read the book of Proverbs. And look at the industriousness. That the book of Proverbs. Commends to us. Be busy. Be proactive. Take initiative. The book of Proverbs is full of that. But the Lord Jesus says now, if you've done all of that, let the day's own trouble be sufficient for the day. And this is a very hard thing for us to practice. We're taught to pray this. Give us this day our daily bread. But we're sinful people. And this petition confronts us with our sinfulness. And the Catechism explains it that way too. This petition confronts us with our sinfulness because we so often have misplaced trust. We have trust issues. All of us. 
We like to trust ourselves. We like to trust human institutions. We like to trust other people. But we forget about God. And isn't that also what the psalmist warns us about in Psalm 146? We'll sing of it yet this afternoon. Psalm 146 warns us, Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God. He is the one, says the psalmist, who gives food to the hungry. He is the one who provides. But we so often have misplaced trust. And the Lord made very clear in the days of Israel's wandering in the desert that the reason why he withheld food from his people and and had them in that desert there where they were looking around for their sustenance was so that he could show them that he would provide. That's what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 8. The Lord had them there so that he could show them That man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God spoke, and there was manna every day. And at night, the quails. They had plenty of food, and the Lord provided. He taught them a lesson before they entered the promised land. He taught them to look to him. And that's what we're supposed to learn too. Give us this day our daily bread. And I said that this petition shows us our sinfulness. And the Catechism recognizes that too. Because the Catechism explains it to me. Grant therefore that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it only in you. Do you notice that? It's stated very negatively. It says, Grant therefore that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures, implying thereby that in the first instance our trust is with creatures. But when we take this petition on our lips, brothers and sisters, we are thereby acknowledging that we ought to withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it only in God. Indeed, that's what the Lord also told Israel after he had them wandering in the desert all those years. He said, now listen, you're going to go into the promised land of Canaan. But don't you dare say, When you are in the promised land of Canaan, my arm and my might has gotten me this wealth. I did this. Because, as the Lord said in Deuteronomy 8, you are to remember that the Lord your God, he is the one who gives you the ability to get wealth. We need to remember this. You listen to some people talking. They've been around a long time. They built up a business, 
and you listen to them talking, and <laughs> you think God wasn't in the picture. They did it themselves. Grant that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it only in you. That requires that confession of total unworthiness and innate weakness. It's the kind of confession that that Peter had to come to in preparation for his task as apostle in the kingdom. And as we take up our task in the kingdom, whatever that task might be, brothers and sisters, we do that looking away from ourselves and looking to God with this petition on our lips, give us this day our daily bread, because without your blessing, all our care and labor are in vain. We must look away from ourselves. And when our Savior was in the wilderness, he was in the wilderness at the beginning of his public ministry. Just like Israel was in the wilderness. Israel was in the wilderness 40 years. Our Savior was in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights fasting. And at the end, it was a time of testing. Just like Israel was tested in the wilderness. At the end of it, Satan came, and he said to Christ, who was hungry, command these stones to become bread. In other words, take the initiative yourself, do it your own way, rely on yourself. And the Lord Jesus said, remembering fully what the Lord God had taught his people in Deuteronomy 8, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He understood, and he lived this petition. Give us this day our daily bread. And as we go forward, brothers and sisters, in service to God, executing our office and calling, as prophets, priests, and kings, executing our daily tasks, as functioning in the special offices of the church, whatever our calling may be, whatever our task in the kingdom, we pray this petition, looking to God in faith, with this petition on our lips, and with a song on our lips, Great is thy faithfulness. Amen.